what is up? Welcome to the last ambitious of 2019. I am recording this on December 30th. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve when this will drop. So pretty much today's episode is going to be a rundown of week 17 and a college football playoff preview along with my 2019 sports awards and a highlight of some of my highlights of this show in 2019. I hope you guys all enjoy and make it a happy, happy new year. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, week 17 has passed and the NFL season, well, regular season is in the books. Teams now head into the off season a little earlier than the rest and some teams will continue to march towards a Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers toppled the Detroit Lions 23-20, sending the Lions into the offseason with a top pick and the Packers into the playoffs with a first-round bye. The Lions have some good things going. They will, at this time, seemingly keep Matt Patricia and continue to build that team around the solid defense that they have and getting Matt Stafford back with some of their weapons, including Kenny Galladay and Carrion Johnson. Packers head to the playoffs with a not-so-impressive win that could raise some eyebrows heading into the playoffs. Jets beat the Patriots, or the Bills, as the Bills rested their starters 13-6. The Bills head into the postseason as they'll take on the Houston Texans next week in the AFC wildcard round, where the Jets head into the offseason with the number 11 pick. And a lot of question marks as Joe Douglas enters his first offseason as an as a general manager, and Adam Gase enters his first offseason as the Jets head coach. They finished 7-9 and nine on a not-so-impressive season, but uh, solid enough to keep Gase's job for another year. The Dolphins strike some Fitz magic and upset the Patriots 27-24. Dolphins head into the offseason with a number 5 overall pick. A team with a tanking roster got that much out of the squad as Bill Flores or Brian Flores should be very proud of what he accomplished with this team. You know, Brian is made from the Patriots' way, and he took a team that was lucky to win one game to five wins this year, and a toppling his former team, the New England Patriots, and locking them out of the first round bye, and they will now play in the wild card round next week against the Tennessee Titans. The Dolphins head in the offseason with a lot of question marks who will quarterback the team next season and will what pieces will be around him. They also fired their offensive coordinator, Chad O'Shea, today, which means O'Shea hits the market as a premium offensive coordinator and they'll be looking for a new voice in the front or on the coaching staff. The Bears topple the Vikings 21-19. The Bears head into the offseason with a lot of uncertainties. Their defense is strong. Their offense, not so much. Their special teams, not so much. A lot of holes for them to improve upon and not a lot of opportunity for them to improve. They're going to need to search for a new quarterback. They're going to need to search for some new weapons and try to rebuild that offense because without it, Matt Nagy could be out of a job next year and a Bears team could significantly underperform yet again. The Vikings rested their starters as well and they head into the off season or into the postseason and next week we'll take on the New Orleans Saints in what will be an interesting clash and a rematch of the Minnesota Miracle a few years ago. Chargers lose to the Chiefs 31-21. Chiefs will get a first round bye and will continue to be that second team in the AFC to the Baltimore Ravens. Chargers head into an offseason full of uncertainties. Will Phillip Rivers be back next season as the starting quarterback? Will this team 
underperform or overperform next season. They had a 5-11 and record. They're going to have a top-10 pick, an opportunity to select a quarterback this year, and also an opportunity to start over. They're going to be able to maybe trade Melvin Gordon or work around Melvin Gordon if they want to make Austin Eckler the main back or continue a running back by committee. They can continue to surround their next quarterback with weapons and work on the defense. This team has a lot of talented players, and they kind of underperformed this season, and I think it's due in part to Phillip Rivers, so they could look to, will, they likely will look to change that this offseason and get a new quarterback for the first time in a long time in Los Angeles. Heading to Cincinnati, the Bengals are already locking down a first pick. Nothing to fight for except pride. Well, they fought hard, and they win 33-23 in a game that sealed Freddie Kitchens' exit and started the Cleveland Browns' coaching surge. In what has been a crazy dysfunctional season for Cleveland, they lost to the number one overall pick holders by 10, 33-23 yesterday. Browns head into the offseason with a top 10 pick, an opportunity to protect their quarterback or improve the defense. You know, they'll have an opportunity of a premium offensive lineman or one of the top or second-tier top, I guess, defenders in the draft. A lot of opportunity, though, for the Browns this offseason. A lot of weapons. Who will get traded? Who will stay? Who will be the new coach of this squad? A lot of question marks surrounding that team. And the Bengals likely the last ride for the Red Raider. And Andy Dalton likely heads out as Joe Burrow likely heads in. An interesting offseason for both of these AFC North team awaits. The Saints beat the Panthers 42-10. They do not get a first-round bye. They will take the Vikings next week at home, though, as they beat the Panthers 42-10, which likely ends Perry Newell, the interim coach in Carolina's career as the coach. Christian McCaffrey, though, was the one of the only three players now all time to have 1,000 receiving yards and 1,000 rushing yards in the season. Impressive season by him. Hopefully they can get him a quarterback at the helm next year who's a lot better. Cam Newton could likely be traded, potentially get some more assets there, and the rebuild will continue in Carolina, which is not more of a rebuild, but a retooling for the first time in a long time following their Super Bowl run a few years ago. They'll be looking for a new coach, new blood, and a fresh start. Falcons beat the Buccaneers 28-22 in overtime. This was a game that kind of highlighted what could be the end of Jameis Winston after a weirdly impressive season. He won the passing title, with 5,106 yards, he had 30 touchdowns and also 30 interceptions. A weird year. He's the first quarterback to have a 30-30 season. Um, I don't know what more to say. His contract's expiring. He's going to be looking for top-tier money. I don't think they'll give it to him. I think he'll find a job elsewhere where he can compete for a starting job, though. As for the Falcons, Dan Quinn could remain. They'll have an opportunity to perform or improve their staff, however, improve around Matt Ryan, and hopefully make this team that's underperformed two years in a row ready for a playoff run. If not, Dan Quinn could be on his way out early next season. Colts-Jaguars. The Colts head into the offseason along with the Jaguars, both with a lot of question marks. Will the Colts remain with Jacoby Brissett? They significantly underperformed this season despite the retirement of Andrew Luck that threw the whole season off. Frank Reich going to have to reevaluate. Will the Colts draft the quarterback? Will they sign a quarterback? Who will they go with here to revamp that team? A fit that we just talked about, Jameis Winston, could be a good fit maybe in Indianapolis. Working with Frank Reich could limit the turnovers and potentially succeed his full potential in Indianapolis, succeeding 
Jacoby Brissett and potentially putting that team with so much talent back on track. As for the Jaguars, Doug Marone's status is still up in the air. Will they go with a fresh start and go with a new quarterback? Tom Coughlin's out, which will help with the executive decision-making. A lot of opportunity to improve this offseason. Is Gardner Minshew the guy they want to go with? Is Nick Foles the guy they want to go with? Or will they look for a new quarterback? Lots of question marks in Jacksonville remaining to be answered in the offseason. Eagles beat the Giants 34-17 to lock down the NFC East. They will head into the playoffs again, and Doug Peterson's Eagles have overcome so much adversity that I don't think you can count them out to go on an underdog run again this year. They've been impressive recently, but I don't know how they'll match up against the Seahawks next week. The Seahawks are a firepowered team, but the Eagles cannot be looked down upon. They very much flourish under the underdog mantra, and it'll be interesting to see how they fare next week against Seattle. My predictions will be coming later for the games next week. As for the New York Giants, who lost this game, they likely will go to, I don't know where, a head coach. Maybe Matt Rule seems to be the favorite right now, but they're going to look for fresh blood as Pat Shermer is out, and they need to find the guy who will lead the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley era on offense and also a fresh start on defense. There seems to be a unique roster right now, but a better head coach is much needed. It could be Matt Rule. It could be somebody else not pictured, but somebody like Matt Rule would be a very, very good fit with New York, as I've said previously. But a lot of question marks going into the offseason, a premium pick for them as well, and an opportunity to significantly improve. This Giants team could be really good in the next two years as long as they make the right hire. This is a crucial, crucial hire for not only Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, but the Giants' future in the long run. Cardinals-Rams. The Cardinals lose this one by 7, 31-24. To cap off what's been an actually somewhat impressive season with most people kind of overlooking it. Cliff Kingsbury took a team that was the first overall pick holder last year and brought him to a 5-10-1 record. Kyler Murray's performed well. He had 325, two scores, and two picks yesterday. Kenyon Driggs ran really well with 60 yards and a score yesterday. It seems like they could maybe trade David Johnson this offseason. There's been rumblings about that and head into the next season with Kenyon Drake as the lead back. You know, they have good depth at wide receiver where Larry Fitzgerald retired. But one thing is for sure, if they can improve that defense a little bit because they've got talent there, if they can improve a little bit on offense, this team could be a force to be reckoned with in Cliff Kingsbury's next year because they've competed really well against winning teams this past year. As for the Rams, a lot of question marks. Will Wade Phillips be oust as defensive coordinator? Will they bring in some fresh blood in the front office? A lot of question marks for a team that was in the Super Bowl just a year ago and missed the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. Will Todd Gurley be traded? That's been another rumbling that's been passed around. Jared Goff kind of underperformed and also kind of performed well this year. You know, he he was under the radar at the beginning, performing bad, and then at the end he kind of turned it around. 319 and three scores yesterday. Todd Gurley ran the ball pretty solid, but he could be a candidate to be traded as the Rams look to get what they can with him as he's been struggling with arthritis. But one thing is for sure, this team could be back right in the conversation for a playoff berth next season with some key moves. Next game on the slate is Colt, uh, Steelers-Ravens. Um, kind of hard to put this game in the words on the Steelers side of things. The Ravens 
128-10, rested a lot of their starters heading into the postseason as favorites to maybe make the Super Bowl and win it. Um, RG3 performed pretty solid in his kind of return to being a starter with just 96 yards and a pick, but he was accurate. He was mobile. Gus Edwards, 130 yards, no scores. Justice Hill got in there as well with 39 yards and a score. They were impressive. I Even with their rackups, they were impressive, and that's something to watch in the playoffs. 14-2, and two, such an impressive season for that squad, and they are going to have two weeks to recuperate for their starters as they had this week off with the starters and also next week off with the first round bye and you'll have to win in Baltimore to make it to the Super Bowl on the AFC side which is going to be another thing because that crowd can be crazy sometimes Pittsburgh though no future answer at quarterback Big Ben can be quarterback for a little longer but not much Devlin Hodges is definitely not the answer 95 yards yesterday nine for 25 kind of a pitiful performance he got crap beat out of him. Benny Snell, 91 yards a score. He's been impressive this year in absence for Connor, but this team has been really hit hard by injuries, especially at the quarterback position. But they do know one thing. Their long-term answer at quarterback is not on the roster, but Big Ben could quarterback the team next season. Titans, Texans. Titans locked down the playoff berth with a 35-14 win over the Texans' backups. Very impressive performance by the Titans. And they head into the postseason as a team that could definitely make some noise and play good against the Patriots next week. That's going to be a game to watch and definitely one that the Titans can't be counted out in, especially as Mike Vrabel will go against his former employer, Bill Belichick. Texans, also a team that's going to make some noise. I think that they're that third, fourth AFC team. I think that they're going to be a team that people sleep on, but I wouldn't sleep on the Bills either. That matchup's going to be really, really good. Two really good teams. And it's going to be an exciting one. I think that the Texans, though, as you'll see in my predictions, are going to pull it off. Broncos, Raiders, this was the Drew Locke show yet again. This team is so much better when he is at quarterback. 177 and a score yesterday, but this team just performs better with him at quarterback. They finished the season 7-9. and nine. They fought hard for Vic Vangio, and it's apparent Vangio and Drew Locke are the answers for the squad. But the Oakland Raiders are no longer the Oakland Raiders. They are now the Las Vegas Raiders. Is Drew Locke the answer for the future? Or Derek Carr for the future. 391 in a score. And running, they were eh. Catching Hunter Renfro. He's been real good. Not catching, receiving. But, But Hunter Renfro, he's been solid this year as a slot guy. But a lot of questions on this team. A lot of talented players that John Gruden has really performed well as a coach with this year. He's gotten a lot of these guys to their full potential and been an impressive season for him. And interesting to see. Maybe they'll move on for Carr, but maybe they'll keep him and continue to add pieces around him in Vegas for the future. A lot of question marks there. A lot of question marks in that division as well as a whole, but the Broncos for certain. Found their guy with Drew Locke and found their coach for now with Vic Fangio. Impressive win for them that cemented a lot of momentum heading into 2020. Cowboys Redskins, the final adieu to Jason Garrett. 47-16, 8-8 record, no playoff appearance, NFC East. They came second in a very, very bad NFC East. Um, Not much to say about the team. 
except they're going to look all over for their next head coach. Jerry Jones is going to try to find the guy to lead this team into the next future. They've got a lot of guys, key guys, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Blake Jarwin, among others, heading into free agency. You know, they've got guys who are really going to make a difference with their absence if they let him walk. And a lot of question marks in Dallas right now on what will happen next. But for a team that I, heading into the season, was very high on, this has been a significant underachieving season for them. And Jason Garrett will likely, but all but guaranteed, be let go. As for Washington, 3-13. and Is Dwayne Haskins the answer at quarterback? Seemingly now he's out, although with Case Keenum in at quarterback, he performed solid. Case Keenum will likely be the backup for the long run there. To Dwayne Haskins, Haskins flashed signs this season of being the guy for Washington. It seems like Ron Rivera will likely take over as head coach for this team, which is good. Him and Haskins, I could see working very well together. Will Adrian Peterson continue to be the running back? A lot of question marks in Washington, but... A good addition for them could potentially be Chase Young getting some edge pressure and making the Redskins a force to be reckoned with in 2020. Maybe not 2020, but 2021 and 2022. This team could be some someone to watch out for with Ron Rivera at the helm. 49ers beat the Seahawks in a classic. The 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, 285, no scores. Raheem Mostert, two touchdowns. Debo Samuel, Absolutely phenomenal performance with 135 yards from scrimmage and a score. And the 49ers will have the number one seed in the playoffs. And everything rolls through San Francisco, which is going to be difficult for teams. And it's going to be impressive to see how Jimmy Garoppolo and that team can handle that. Defense has been great. Their offense has been solid. Something to watch for, though, is maybe some of these holes that they could exploit. You know, the defense... Was solid yesterday, but not the best performance by them. Um, Nick Boza, just five tackles. I mean, not just five, impressive number five, but no sacks, no big force other than some QB pressures. I don't know, the defense kind of underperformed, but not a ton of questions in San Francisco, just a matter of how a young team can perform in the playoffs. Seattle, Russell Wilson, 233, two scores. They played really, really well, but... Not well enough to win and create some fire in the NFC. They'll take on the Eagles next week in a game that they should win, but I don't know if they will. Um, It remains to be seen how they'll fare in the playoffs. I think they could definitely make the divisional round, but not much beyond there unless they have a date with Green Bay. So that is that. That is the final week of the regular season. So my picks for the playoffs... I've got the Texans over the Bills. I think that it's in Houston. That provides an advantage as well as the fact that I think they'll be able to exploit Josh Allen's weaknesses as a sophomore quarterback. Titans-Patriots. Part of me wants to go Titans, but i got to go Patriots. I can't say goodbye to their dynasty just yet. I do think that they won't fare as well in the divisional round, but I think they'll make it past Mike Vrabel's Titans. But I don't think they can overlook them, though, and I think that after that loss... Last week against the Dolphins, there's going to be so many question marks that they're kind of underdogs. Playing at home, though, it's going to be hard for the Titans to win. I think that uh, that playoff atmosphere is very different. They're going to have a good game plan, and I think that they can't be counted out, and I think that they'll win this game. Vikings-Saints, I've got the Saints. I think the Vikings kind of proved a couple weeks ago 
against the or two weeks ago against the Packers that they can play good football, but they can't hang as well as they think against top contending teams. I think the Saints will perform really well against them and walk away with a win. And Seahawks, Eagles, I've got the Seahawks. Although it's in Philadelphia, I think that the Seahawks are a better team than that Philly team, but you can't count the underdog, but I've got Seahawks, Saints, Patriots, and Texans advancing to the next round. With that said, that is it for the NFL regular season. On to some college football talk. So this week and um, marked the semifinals for the college football playoffs. Ohio State took on Clemson in what was a classic. A lot of calls didn't go Ohio State's way. I'm not going to do a full in-depth breakdown, but Clemson won that game, and I don't know how good of a performance it truly was by either team. Neither team looked like that big standout performance that LSU had over Oklahoma, and they did dominate. Joe Burrow, eight touchdowns, such an incredible performance. He had seven touchdowns in the first half, and that team was firing on all cylinders. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, deserves a lot of credit. He could be heading to the NFL as an offensive coordinator. Ed Orgeron, he's done so much for that team. Coach O, as they call him. Um, Joe Burrow, absolutely phenomenal. That team is just a force to be reckoned with, and I can't see them losing in the finals to Clemson. I'll keep this prediction short. I think LSU beats Clemson. I think it's the coronation of Joe Burrow as the first overall pick. I think that Clemson... We'll put up a, more of a fight than people think, but not that big of a fight. I think that Trevor Lawrence has kind of slumped this year. I think next year is going to be a very key year for him as he heads towards twenty twenty, the 2021 draft and trying to make a name for himself. But I think that this was kind of an in-between year that he struggled somewhat. Um, they didn't face a lot of high-level competition. They did beat Ohio State, but... A lot of question marks around it. I do think Ohio State was a good team. I think that game would have been a lot more interesting than Ohio State-LSU. Can't count at Clemson, but I am going to hear. I think that Clemson will lose this game. I think LSU will be the college football national champions. So it is award sort of season. Um, My recap of 2019... On an award side of things, I want to give out some awards for players of the year. In basketball, this guy went into a situation leaving a very stable situation to go to a team that was not crazy stable. They just fired the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey. Um, they didn't have, other than Kyle Lowry, a ton of key pieces to build around in the future, but they, for some reason, continue to be a playoff and fighting team every year. But Kawhi Leonard went into this situation and exceeded every expectation. And a lot can be said about the front office in Toronto for making this happen. But Kawhi Leonard absolutely flourished in Toronto and then went to Los Angeles this past offseason and got himself a big check and now heads to into the postseason likely and on a team that could likely contend for another title. He's done so much on and off the court that's made him such a polarizing figure. Kawhi has built himself a reputation as one of the best players in basketball and will continue to build upon that for the next few years and into the next decade. With that said, though, Kawhi Leonard was by far and away the best basketball player this past year. Some consideration, though, was for off-the-court contributions of LeBron James, opening his school and 
trying to make such a big impact on young kids' lives was something that was definitely noted and earned him an honorable mention for Basketball Player of the Year for his on the, or off-the-court contributions. Baseball Player of the Year. As much as I want to say the Astros cheating guys, I don't know what to call them, um, just because of all the controversy with that right now from the 2017 season. It's irrelevant right now. I think, in my opinion, the player of the year, just because of how big of a year it was for this team, I'm giving it to them as a team. I mean, it's not one sole award because of how well this team performed as a well-oiled machine in the playoffs and then winning the World Series and by... Addition by subtraction of Bryce Harper that I think is getting significantly overlooked, I think that the Washington Nationals as a team earned the player of the year because as a unit, they were absolutely phenomenal this year. Anthony Rendon, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg were the key players. Juan Soto as well into that run, but they as a unit were so good in the playoffs and in the seat in the regular season, and they earned the player of the year, I guess, award, but maybe baseball Team of the Year slash Player of the Year award from Ambitious. Heading to football. I think this is a end of 2018, or end of, or start of 2019 to end of 2019 award because of how the season ended and then rebounding this season. I don't know if there's been a more polarizing figure than two players that stick out to me. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was the guy last season that earned a lot of recognition, especially heading into the offseason. He was the MVP, the cover of Madden 20. He was easily the Chiefs' future at quarterback. He dueled with Brady and nearly won in Foxborough and almost went to the Super Bowl. Um, they were a few inches of D Ford stepping off sides from going to the Super Bowl. I think that Mahomes is deserving of this award. Lamar Jackson will get an honorable mention in a second, but Mahomes also came back from a knee injury this year that took him out and rebounded significantly, led to the Chiefs' 12-4 and record. First round bye, second year in a row. The Chiefs are a contender. I think if they can somehow pull off an upset over the Ravens at some point or continue to do their thing in the playoffs, they're a team that can't be slept on. I think that they are the second best team in the AFC and could beat the Ravens and prove they are the best team. But at this point in time, I do think the best player of 2019 because of his end of 2018, start of 2019 because of the playoffs performance that was in 2019 and this season and how he's rebounded and continued to build upon his success. Patrick Mahomes gets that award for me. Honorable mention to Lamar Jackson. He's a guy that I must say apologies to. I hated on him a lot heading into the season. I doubted him. I thought he was just a running back, not a quarterback. He worked his butt off in this offseason to improve his throwing mechanics and build upon it. And he has built himself into one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. Lamar Jackson will win MVP this year. And he's taken the league by storm about where the game's heading and the things they say every year. But... The fact is, Lamar Jackson is an absolutely incredible talent, and he deserves a lot more recognition from me. So he is runner-up and honorable mention for Football Player of the Year, but it goes to Patty Mahomes, Player of the Year for the 2019 for football. Uh, Boxer of the Year. 
kind of something that I talk about minimally on this podcast, but a sport I do highlight heavily. Boxer of the year goes to Canelo Alvarez. Canelo is a four-division champion. I believe he's vacating and becoming a three-division champion, but he went neck-and-neck neck with Triple G again. He won a big fight again over um, Kovalev to lock down that fourth-division championship, and he just had another phenomenal year. Canelo's only loss on that record is to Floyd. Maybe he'll get a chance to avenge it with Floyd coming out of retirement, but the fact is... No fighter had a better year than Canelo Alvarez. And the honorable mention to this award was the fight of the year. Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz won. And that bout was absolutely incredible. Led to Andy Ruiz upsetting Joshua. He had probably the best 2019 until he lost to the Clash of Dunes against Joshua a couple weeks ago. But Canelo Alvarez wins the award for boxer of the year with how great he has continued to be across this decade. And he'll walk into 2020 as the best boxer of the year. Golfer of the year, none other than Brooks Kepka. There can be cases made for how the President's Cup finished and Tiger Woods and a lot of those guys. But Brooks Kepka dominated the PGA Tour this year, dominated the Masters, and was consistently one of the best golfers in the game. Not much can, more can be said about such an incredible golfer. And I gotta say... Biggest sports analyst of the year, or best sports analyst of the year. An award that I'm just kind of creating as I was going through this list. A guy who definitely deserved this because of the contract that he inked with ESPN and breaking down barriers for the future of money that will be given out to journalists. Stephen A. Smith, he's a polarizing figure, but he deserved recognition I believe from this podcast and me because of, although his takes are wild and he's a wild guy, he broke down barriers this year by doing something that no other analyst has done and inking such a big money deal for the future for sports analysts. So he gets best sports analyst of the year from me. Weird award, I know, but it's something that I think deserved a little recognition. And another award, best NASCAR driver of the year. This is kind of a personal thing. This goes to Kyle Busch. He won the championship again. He was consistently one of the best drivers this year, and he gets that award. With that said, those are my awards. Some polarizing figures in sports in what was an absolutely phenomenal year. Um, a lot can be said about the athletes this year. Oh, college football, or college sports athlete of the year. Something that I kind of overlooked here. I, I'm going to give it a tie between Zion Williamson and Joe Burrow, just because of how they've performed to lead themselves in the future. Zion was the number one overall pick to the New Orleans Pelicans. Despite battling injuries, though, this year, he was such a polarizing figure at the start of this season, and or at the start of the year, and earned himself the number one overall pick, and he definitely is deserving of this recognition, as is Joe Burrow, the Heisman winner, and the impending number one overall pick in the 2020 draft in the NFL. I touched on his performance earlier in my college football playoff review slash picks. Um, Burrow, absolutely incredible talent, as is Zion, and much deserving of College Football Athletes of the Year Award. And as I was beginning to touch on, 2019 was an incredible year for sports as a whole, and that's pretty much all there is to say about that. So many incredible athletes deserving of a lot of these awards, but these were where my head was at with a lot of these awards.
So this is the end of the final episode of 2019 for Ambitious. I've been alluding to this throughout the episode. I kind of wanted to recap my experience with this podcast this year. I'm coming on one year doing this podcast, and I do want to give out special thank yous to every guest I've interviewed on this podcast to this point. I'm going to shout them out rather quickly, but I want to thank them each individually for taking the time to come on this podcast. Justin Van Fulpen, Ken Mastroli, Birdo, fantasy football rapper is better known, Sam Straub, NC State wide receiver, and now Washington Redskins wide receiver who tore it up this year, Kelvin Harmon. A buddy of mine, Adam, Andrew, and Brandon, all three of you were great additions to this podcast this year. Look out for some more contact with Adam and Brandon next year. And they were all great guests this year to have on. Cameron Gann, a guy who overcame a lot of adversity, coming back from Tommy John surgery, wishing him nothing but the best of luck next year. Darwin Thompson, heading to his first playoff appearance. The little engine that could. Such an incredible year by him. And looking forward to nothing but the best from him in 2020. Um, Really carved himself a spot in the running back committee in Kansas City. Great job this year by him. Madison Vandenberg, what an interview that was. The third place finisher on American Idol this past year. Such an incredible voice, such an incredible talent, and wishing her nothing but the best in 2020. Uh, My coach, Coach Russo, golf coach, basketball coach, the Monticello basketball program is better for having him in it, and I wish him nothing but the best of luck this upcoming season. Margie Mays, what was one of the most electric and exciting interviews I did this year. She's such an incredible light, such an incredible person. It was such an incredible episode to do with her. Um, thankful for her taking the time to come on. Fantasy football counselor, um, although he's kind of come under hot water in social media circles for some of his behaviors, he did come on the show, which I thank him nothing but the best for. Actor and comedian Chris Roach, I had the opportunity to text him a little bit when I ran into him at a Rangers game. I wish him nothing but the best for the 2020 year and he's such a funny guy and I know he's got a bright future in acting and comedy. Jacob Casper, wrestling superstar with the world as his oyster. He could go to the WWE, MMA, boxing, wherever he wants to go in combat sports, he is on his way to there. He is definitely a prospect of the year for the future. Zach Rancy, a guy I watched on television on CBS Big Brother, a guy I kind of dreamed of sitting down with just to pick his brain and some of the craziness he did on that show, and it was absolutely phenomenal to sit down with him and honor to sit down with him. Matthew Joyce, um, I've seen this guy on TV as well for a long time as a veteran. Tampa, he was a Yankees killer. Um, absolutely incredible to sit down with him, such an amazing guy. Um, He's a very talented veteran. I wish him nothing but the best as he heads towards sort of the end of his career. A really great guy and an even better baseball player. Uh, Vinny Miller, when I was in Watkins Glen, live from there, uh, I was supposed to have another interview. Vinny stepped up and led this episode as a really great conversation. Literally minutes before he was supposed to go on the track for his practice. I know he's got bright things ahead in his racing future. One of the... I've got to say, top two motivational interviews I did this year. She's someone I've really looked at on social media and idolized, Kirstie Ennis. Such an absolutely incredible human. I was so honored to witness her winning the ESPYs Award 
for Pat's home and service. She's done so much, so much good for this world. And it was such an honor to sit down with her, raise awareness for everything she stands for, and give her some spotlight time. Jamie Little, someone I also watched on TV covering NASCAR for so long. It was an honor to sit down with her. And she's such a talented reporter. I did a Andrew Luck special that really kind of took off. Um, literally a day after he retired, I threw together a little special called Unlucky, the story of Andrew Luck. And it was something I was really proud of. And I was glad it got such a good reception and just something I wanted to highlight. Um... Once again, Ken Mastroli came on and talked about all the quarterback injuries. I want to thank him again for taking the time to do that. Such a really cool guy and glad that he was able to come on twice. Cliff Hogg, the Hog Man. He was on Big Brother this past season and a guy I loved watching on television yet again and got the opportunity to sit down with and I was so honored to. A uh, really cool guy and it was a really fun episode to do with him and kind of pick his brain on the season and a reality show and he became the first of three that I'll highlight later on. Rising high school football star and state champ quarterback Aiden Sima. This man, young man, uh, younger than me, has a very bright future at quarterback for the Cornwall Dragons. He's going to do good things for them and good things in his NCAA career. I definitely see him doing some really, really impressive things in the future. One of the top interviews I was most proud of this year, Kevin Hines, suicide survivor, mental health advocate, all around incredible human. It was absolutely awesome to sit down with him and pick his brain and a guy I really liked and it was an honor to sit down with him and chat. And his story is incredible. Be here tomorrow. Everything he stands for, please give him and Kirstie Ennis, two absolutely incredible humans, a chance to follow them on social media and listen to some of the incredible things they preach. AJ Harbinger, um, a guy I've listened to, the Art of Charm podcast. It was awesome to sit down with him and pick his brain on relationships and their intricacies and more. Great conversation with him. State champ running back and football player of the year, Amin Woods. He led them to another state championship. Two-time, two-time state champ, Amin Woods. Um, great guy and wish him nothing but the best in his future. Nicole Anthony was a sweetheart on television this year for Big Brother. I got a chance to sit down with her. She was such an awesome human being. And I was so grateful to sit down with her. And I loved every minute of our conversation. And I thank her for coming on. And lastly, my last interview of 2019 was Jack Matthews. And I got to be honest with everybody, this interview has blown up immensely, as did the Nicole interview and some of these interviews this year. But that was one of the interviews that throughout the course of that conversation, I went into it and I talked to Jack personally about this, not knowing how it was going to go. He was a controversial figure. I didn't know how he was going to speak. And I've got to say, he's one of the most genuine and incredible human beings that I've had on this podcast. I think he deserves a lot more credit than he gets for how good of a guy he genuinely is. I hope that he is able to sh let that shine through. He made a lot of mistakes on the show this past season, but as does everybody, he deserves a second chance. And I hope that he can continue to do that in 2020 with his new found platform and some of the cool stuff he's going to do. So that was kind of a recap of some of the incredible humans I've had on the show this past year. I plan to make 2020 the biggest year in my career with Ambitious. I want to make this podcast that much bigger. Um, we have merchandise out now. 
Um, you can reach out to me on at Ambitious Podcast on Instagram and at Ambitious with DP on Twitter. I plan to have some incredible guests on in 2020 that I'm already working towards booking. Um, some incredible humans that I've always wanted to talk to, and I'm looking forward to what is going to be an absolutely incredible year for this podcast. And I hope that everybody rings in the new decade phenomenally this evening on uh, New Year's Eve. And my New Year's resolution for this podcast is continue to produce incredible content for you people, for the people that take the time to listen. I think each and every one of you, whether this is your first time listening or you're a frequent listener, I thank you for helping me make a dream come true. With that said, I've mentioned so much in this episode, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, reminder, you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Like I just dropped in before, we have merch. Reach out to me on social medias to get some. Um, yeah, it's going to be an incredible 2020. Happy New Year, everybody. And thank you all for listening. And come back here next week for another episode.